Hi, how are you doing? Welcome back. This is Richard Sachs, and you're listening to Lost Arts Radio Live, or viewing it if you're on a video platform. And um, it's supposed to be about current events, right? That's what this show is for. We originally just had our guest show on Sundays, which is still going. It's really good. You should check out the free archives and the live ones, which you can get in touch with on lostartsradio.com. But this this show was started later as a commentary on current events. And most of you, if you're watching this show, you probably know a lot about current events, maybe more in some ways than I do. So the, the thing was, you know, what would be the best use of your time? We don't get to talk that much. And we only have time for, you know, a s- small number of shows per week. So And you've got access to Alex's show. You know, those of you who don't know, Alex is still on six days a week, and Ron Gibson is a good way to find it on BitChute and uh, Brighteon. And the shows are condensed because the main uh, commercials are taken out. So you can see an hour show in about 42 minutes or so. There's no way that we can compete with that. The documentation for people that want to know, like all the stuff that I tell you about what's going on with the pandemic, uh, we post a lot of the documentation for that kind of thing on lostartsradio.com. But Alex has the most complete documentation backup that I've seen anywhere. That's why they hate him. And the power structure wants to block and get rid of him. And they block his banking and all kinds of nasty stuff like that. So what can we offer You know, that's going to be worth it for you? to look at besides the vast amount of data that and observation and analysis that's on Alex's show and on others like James Corbett and uh, Mike's, Mike Adams' excellent broadcasts. Um, I think the main thing is, yeah, I'm in touch with a lot of the details of what's happening. I spend a lot of time every day keeping up with that. And I've done a lot of investigation over decades of the global power structure and where it's going. And I do have some different interpretations than Alex and Mike and people like that based on the investigation that I've personally done and where I've seen that this whole situation that we're in is coming from and what they intend to do and why and how. I've got probably more of the pieces put together on that than most observers. And Alex has amazing uh, historical background and knowledge that he started in history books that were being read to him by his grandmother at age, you know, five or so, or before. But I've done some unusual investigation, and these things are coming from a non-human place, and it's not about a religion or, you know, some belief that I picked up somewhere. It's not a, I, my investigation is always done as much as possible with no preconception. I'm not trying to prove anything, not trying to prove I'm right, just the opposite. I'm looking for areas that I've got it wrong so I can get closer to what's accurate. And then not only is there detail and hidden things going on behind the scenes on the physical level, but there's all kinds of non-physical levels going on. Uh, This, you know, God level that religions talk about, that's real. There's... In fact, it's not, you can't even put it in words to really capture the reality. So it's kind of like the old fable of the blind man and the elephant right there. 
these blind men in a jungle were trying to describe to each other what an elephant is like, and each one was touching a different part of the elephant. So one one or two of them said, wow, elephants are like palm trees. They've got these great, wide, you know, amazing, strong trunks that are bending in the wind. The elephant was just standing there, of course. And other ones who got a hold of the trunk, and I guess this was a really patient, friendly elephant who didn't stomp on them or anything. But they said, yeah, an elephant's like a giant snake because they had, it, had the trunk. Another one had the tail and the side of the elephant was like a wall of a barn or something. None of them could see the whole elephant. And we're really in poor, probably a more compromised, limited visual perception than those blind men with the elephant. And we still have to figure out the best we can what's going on so that we know what to do. And in the safe stream version that we play uh, right before the regular show, I mentioned a song on the Abbey Road al- album from the Beatles. And it had a line, Golden slumbers fill your eyes, smiles await you when you rise. And then after that, once there was a way to get back homeward, and once there was a way to get back home, and that there's a strong emotional impact of that line on me because I do I I know that's what it's about and going back to where we came from regardless of what your belief system defines it as or how it puts in words you're going to see it and you won't need a belief when you get there and what it brings up if you kind of blend that with a quantum physics view of the deeper aspects of what the religions are maybe talking about and a lot of quantum physics people that aren't religious at all are talking about um, many of them realize that this is a dream. Even though it seems like solid reality, nothing here in this level is actually solid at all. If, if you get the correct scale and perspective on an atom, which is like a building block in conventional physics of the forms that you consider solid, the atom is almost 100% space. It's just your senses pick it up as solid because that's what they're tuned to do. So if we're in a dream, where are we really in the dream? And, and from what I can tell so far, and I'm, I'm in the dream along with you, obviously, because you can see me. And I could see you if you were here in person. Um, I don't think we've ever left home. But the dream feels really real. And so what do you do when the dream becomes a nightmare? And I I put in the title to the show today that nightmares can change into good dreams. And it's not over yet. It's not over till we get all the way back home. So I have a lot to share with you. I don't think we'll get to most of it because it's too much. I probably over-prepared. But there's a phenomenon that's not waking up from the dream and it's not staying asleep in the dream. And it's been referred to as lucid dreaming, L-U-C-I-D. And that means becoming aware of yourself like you are in waking life in the dream so that you can decide what to do. And some of the people say that you can change the script and the outcome and the scenes in the dream. and, And I think that's true. So, um... This idea of becoming awake in the dream 
rather than just the ultimate awakening, which is the end of the dream for you, the advantage of that is you can help change it for other people. If you become, if you get to an awake stage without fully waking up, you know, because a lot of people say, well, their objective is to get home and uh, the Muslims say to get to paradise and the Christians and Jews say to get to heaven and other people say heaven and Valhalla and other kinds of places that they want to get to. But my attitude on it is um, kind of different in a way. I don't have any worry about getting back home, although I remember it as being something that you'd like to stay in <laughs> instead of being in the middle of a nightmare. Even a regular dream is nothing compared to where we came from. But I'm not worried about getting back there. I'm looking at all the people, billions of people, just on this little planet that we're incarnated on at the moment and say, wow, they're, most of them are in really bad condition, having a very hard time. If we just leave, they're still here. And it doesn't get any better for, for them with us escaping. So since our future, in the long run anyway, is guaranteed, then the objective becomes not to just escape. Kind of reminds me of the Star Wars scene where Obi-Wan Kenobi and Luke have gotten into the Death not the Death Star, but um, I guess it was the Death Star. It pulled their ship in, right, with a some kind of a gravity mechanism. And uh, Darth Vader is talking about Obi-Wan's plan, and people are telling him, oh, Obi-Wan might escape. And... Darth Vader tells him, uh, no, you guys don't get it. Escape is not his plan. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's that our escape is, is going to happen one way or the other. But while we're here, you know, what can we do to make it better for everybody, including ourselves? So this idea of becoming awake in the dream gets interesting. And I was thinking, with that in mind, what could I possibly say today during the show it would make any different real difference to our situation not just be interesting hopefully but you know something that gives us tools that we can work with and if you look around at the so-called current events that make up the nightmare situation that we're in right now it's like we're in a time where darkness and light are represented by a two race cars or something or trucks and they're at a collision course in a game of chicken you know to where the game is to see who chickens out and turns away from the crash and neither one of them look like they're going to do that racing toward this huge crash with awakening happening on one side and the acceleration of the plan of the darkness on the other side the fake pandemic is not the whole thing it's just one little one major part, I guess. Um, and what's the outcome going to be when those two forces come together? As long as light is mostly asleep in us, because we're the representatives of it here, we're supposed to be, uh, then the outcome doesn't look that good. But what would happen and what will happen will be different depending on the light waking up in us or, or staying asleep. On the surface, a lot of people that I've talked to during the week are thinking, wow, it looks pretty hopeless. You know, all these channels of 
positive change are blocked. Most of the courts are corrupt and uh, everything is corrupt. Government has been infiltrated and people in positions of power in the government and in corporations are mostly running on evil intent. And the ones below them that are following orders, they, they seem to be happy for a paycheck to do anything, including uh, torture and kill the rest of us, like in the Milgram experiment, but in so-called real life. Um, the extent and the coordination of the assault on humanity is really impressive. All the major institutions are, are corrupted. Education, science, media, entertainment, technology, healthcare, water, air, soil, and food are being poisoned. You know, the chemtrail stuff is not a conspiracy theory. It's really happening. There are all kinds of scientists who have evaluated it. We've had some like Carnicom on the show, Carnicom and others. Um, people who have made videos on it, made documentaries. It's all actually happening. All, all the... Uh, Body care products are poisoned on purpose, and even the clothes that we're wearing, if they're not organic, uh, those are poisoned too. And we're being uh, lied to by the media and the government and the schools. Schools are doing a, big, a lot of damage. I mean, if you have children, especially small kids, the biggest damage, danger that I can see to the kids is from doctors and teachers operating as they are now, and the fake science is behind it. Uh, all coordinated, not by chance, bad luck, or, you know, incompetence. A lot of people say, oh, there can't be a, a dark conspiracy because look how incompetent all these um, leaders are. But the leaders they're looking at are the low-level servants, you know, in Congress or state governments or uh, lower positions in corporations. They're just the low levels where it looks like incompetence, but at the top, and I'm not saying this to be negative, okay? This is just the situation you're in. This defines the nightmare right now that we need to change, and the power to change it is in our hands. It's not hopeless at all unless we stay unconscious. Even then, it's not hopeless because something's going to wake us up. So at the lower levels, it looks like incompetence. But at the top, at the upper levels, it's totally coordinated. It's... You know, the attitude of the people at the top, it's really amazing. Even the people way down, like state governors in America and uh, many of the states, that you look closely, and in Australia and England and many of the uh, European countries and other countries, too, that used to be really nice vacation spots, islands and things, you look in the eyes of the rulers and there's something wrong. You know, both in the Emerald Tablets talks a lot about... Um, what happened near the later stages of Atlantis after everything got corrupted. And he was saying a lot of the people were possessed, and I think that's true in our situation here. But the attitude is really cold, and uh, it's fear and hatred at the top there of their motive. I was really slow to see that in its full scope for what it is. It took me decades to put all the pieces together. I should have seen it a lot sooner. But most of our lives are spent blind, no common sense, no vision, no awareness of what's right in front of us, all around us every day. And we've lost a sense that we used to have called direct perception. Um, it's not dead. It's not destroyed. It's not gone. Uh, 
why is it not destroyed and unreachable at the moment? Well, because we're not who we've been told we are. Our direct perception can't be destroyed because in reality we can't be destroyed either. I mean, there are a lot of beliefs that have, been, have told us that we can be and we should be afraid of it all the time, but it's not true. It's to keep us in cha- in chains. And um, you can get clues out of it in a lot of different scriptures and phrases like made in the image of God, you know, what do we think that means? The right size body or color of skin or hair or color of eyes, it's not about that. We're not, that's our costume. You know, it's your costume, the one that you're wearing for a really brief period in the uh, physical environment at the moment right now. If we think that's us, if you think that's who you are, you're still sleeping. Well, we know we're still sleeping, but sleep, depth of sleep varies, and it's a deep sleep if you think that you are the costume. We're wearing it. We got consciousness tied into the nervous system, it took about nine months when we were directing that process in the in the body of your mother. And now it's so complete, so seamlessly integrated that most of us think that's who, who we are. It's kind of like in a movie. If the actor does such a good job uh, taking the role and studying what the kind of person that he's playing in the role and becomes like that, But then if he forgets, or he or she forgets who they really are, in other words, the actor, and thinks they're the character, that's wrong. And before you say, oh, you know, we would never do that acting in a movie, Mm, we did do that. And we are acting in a movie. And we're being taken advantage of before it. Um... So we're not the costumes, but we're also not mind. Most of us don't even know what mind is. It's not what we think it is. We're made in the image of God, not in the image of mind. And we're pure spirit or consciousness or whatever words you want to use to describe it. Uh, Dreaming that our identity is the body and the mind. And I'm not not saying that stuff to be, be just a irrelevant diversion or some kind of weird philosophy or something. I'm saying it because it's been discovered by a lot of people to be true. And if you understand it, and then you can tune into the reality of it, it gives you ability to change the dream that you don't have if you think you're the costume, or if you think they're the thoughts and emotions that are coming up. We're made out of spirit, and that's it, dreaming that we're body and mind. And we've had lots and lots of forms, a lot of births and deaths. And um, that's not a religion or, or, you know, I mean, there may be in a religion, but I'm not talking about religion at all here. I'm not talking about a belief at all. Because belief is something you really hope is true or you're determined that it has to be true because, because it just has to. Whether you're talking about a religion or fake science or... A lot of the, in fact, fake science is one of the main religions in the world right now. And I'm not talking about that. There are a lot of people who have clear memory from before this lifetime, and they've documented things that they couldn't do if they weren't living before in other forms. 
So if we're pure consciousness and not just these physical forms and costumes and minds, why is this happening to us if we're something much beyond that? It's a question. I mean, I'm, I'm describing something amazing and we're here as prisoners in a nightmare that feels real. So why does a person dream? Why does God dream? It's in, intentional on the part of God because spirit is all powerful. It can do whatever it wants. It chose to dream. And when that decision was made, there wasn't even a mind in existence. So you can't pin it down like we would to an intellectual decision. The question could be then, why does the dream make all kinds of fantasies, good and bad, seem real? And it's because the dreamer is asleep. So fantasy just has no limits and it runs wild and comes to life. And we're in it. But some people discovered lucid dreaming, like we said before, and they figured out how to become conscious inside the dream without waiting to wake up. It's kind of it's a different kind of sleep experience. And they changed the dream. The reason lucid dreaming is interesting is because you can be in the dream and say, I don't really like how this dream is going. How about if we change this and this and this and rewrite the script? And because it's your dream, it has to obey and it just happens. And you have a much better time in the dream. And then when the dream's over, then they wake up and go back to the waking up life. And there are some people that have discovered that waking life is actually just another level of dream. That you're still in the physical body, that that is what you look like, that's your identity, that's your age, gender, nationality, appearance, and all that stuff. And some of the ones that discovered that that was still a level of dreaming, they said, hey, what works in dreams should work in this dream, too, Do you, if you see what I'm saying. If lucid dreaming works to change what happens in a dream at night when you go to bed, would, would a version of the same thing work in what we call real life? And some of those people who asked that question started searching to see if they could do it. Some of them found clues, like the Japanese water experiment that we talked about, where somebody projects love and gratitude onto a glass of water, flash freezes the water, and then puts it under a microscope, and that water has these beautiful artistic patterns in it that are just amazing to look at. It looks like ice sculpture. And then somebody, another lab tech focuses on water, on a glass of water that's different and projects, I hate you or I don't care about you. And the water, flash frozen, um, demonstrates all kinds of really ugly, horrible, chaotic patterns that give a bad feeling. So that's an example of consciousness affecting physical matter. And once that was done, there's no question that that happens. And it's happening all the time. And that, that was the basis of why people a long time ago said grace over their food. It wasn't to say, well, this is my religion. These are the right words to say grace over your food. And all those other people with the wrong religion don't know how to do it. It wasn't superficial. It wasn't a belief. It wasn't just reciting what was memorized. It was focusing on, on emotional intent 
because it's not there's no magic words at all they can appear that way because of the energy that and consciousness that a person puts into them but it's not the words so if you just say some great memorized prayer or something for grace all it shows is that you were able to memorize that but if you you know when they did the water experiment saying words did nothing but projecting the feeling to the water of love and gratitude that changed the molecular structure of the water you know it was still h2o <clears throat> but the molecules of h2o were structured and arranged in a different lattice pattern that happens to food it also happens to other people that you meet it also happens on a much more subtle level and it can change situations health and all kinds of things that was one example of being awake to a certain degree in the dream and being able to change what happens in the dream world which we call real life another one was the already done doctors in china who were on video that was taken or at least provided by greg braden it was a really good video um and it had a lady on medical tour from the u.s that means if you go to another country to get treated by a doctor and she had advanced bladder cancer and i'll be quick about this because i may have told you before she lay on the hospital bed with a ultrasound machine with a screen on her lower abdomen above the bladder and these three doctors chinese doctors stood behind the bed and they were chanting something in chinese and i didn't know what it was but it turned out it was already done and it was exactly like the japanese water experiment except directed at cancer the cancer in this lady and these three doctors were projecting the feeling the emotion just like the are just like the uh, love and gratitude projection in the japanese water experiment they were projecting the emotion that what it would feel like if the lady is already cured of cancer and they were trained to be very focused not just with thought but with feeling absolutely essential component with anything it's what you may hear people call manifesting but it's real it's not just a belief that if you repeat something eventually it'll happen it's not that it's getting a hold of the actual sensation of the emotion and then focusing it that lady's cancer disappeared in 30 minutes on video and then the last one i mentioned sometimes although there are others is ho'oponopono used by dr hulan at the medical uh mental health facility in hawaii where the mental uh health patients in there were getting violent and the staff was too scared to go to work and things like that and he got the files of every patient with a picture of the patient on each one and he didn't talk to the patient he just looked at the file focused his attention and he said four things i love you i'm sorry please forgive me thank you 
so love and gratitude were, were in there, right? I love you and thank you. But also his really strong, not belief, but experience on an emotional level, that it was his projection that this patient was having trouble, was experiencing mental illness and going crazy. And not everybody has that focused, developed. Dr. Hewlin did, and most of those patients went home cured. Those are clues. They're really big deal cure uh, clues. And the question that should immediately come up to somebody that understands how important that is, is why has no one scaled that up to be broadcast to the outside world? And we know nobody in the world in our known history has done that. How do we know that? Because usually to know that nobody did something, you have to ask every person. So these people that say nobody knows, you know, like in science and medicine and stuff, they don't know that. Unless they went around and asked everybody individually, do you know such and such? But in this case, we know no one has scaled this up. Why? Because look around. You see the horrible nature of the current nightmare. If somebody had been able to scale up the water experiment or the others that I mentioned, it would have harmonized things like in the water glass in, in our world. So what's, what is it that's waiting for us to do that no one has done to scale it up? We have to get to the deep belief that tells us it's impossible. And I'm talking about belief on a level that is not what you think you believe. It's really different. It may be opposite even. Um, we think for the, for example, that the, the planet, life in the world, all of the mess that's happening here is too big. It's too, it's too gigantic to affect like a simple glass of water. But in reality, what does larger really mean? The water glass is a universe in itself if you zoom in on it. And if you zoom out, the whole world is like a speck of dust compared to the galaxy and the, the universe that it's part of and the bigger cosmos. It's, it, it's all relative when you talk about size. So um, really nothing of any substance in saying it's too big. Just relative perspective. And, and people who are worried um, that you might wake up and do this yourself. Um, in other words, that you might mess things up by taking this as a power to change the glass of water or change the world. And it's a big ego trip and you get sidetracked by that. There's, it's a valid question, but uh, nothing really to worry about because... To get to that point of focused awareness, uh, you have to get rid of the ego on the way. So the people who get stuck on the ego and say, wow, I'm this little mini God and I can make changes by the law of attraction or whatever they're telling themselves they could do, they're very limited in what they can do and they have bad results from it because if you use your own energy, you get exhausted and it gets wiped out. And I'm not talking about doing that at all. I don't think that's a good idea to do, trying to change, decide what you think changes should be made. Uh, so those diversions are into ego is just 
temporary and they always end up with saying, wow, to really become competent at this, I have to let go of the ego completely because I don't know what's best in detail for anybody, including even me, you know. So uh, it's like the old genie story in Aladdin and the Lamp. This genie comes out of the lamp when it gets rubbed and it says, Good luck, good news, Aladdin, you get three wishes because I'm the genie of this bottle. And he says, wow, three wishes, that's incredible. And um, he makes the three wishes in sequence. And the thing is, there's a hidden trap in the granting of each wish. It's like, well, I am giving you what you asked for, but you didn't think of this, and it's going to ruin the whole thing. And that's an allegory, and it's actually true. So the only way that's really safe is to let spirit or God decide what's best for everybody, including ourselves, and open us, open up our intent not to decide on our own what to do with changes in the, in the stream, but to say, okay, spirit, I'm removing all the blocks. My preconceptions, all of my limited thoughts and emotions and my confusion – and I'm inviting and giving you permission to live my life for me because you can do a better job. And when you get it and get the blocks out of the way, then who works through you? It's not your limited self anymore. It's like light waiting to heal the whole world. And it relates to another uh, story in scriptures where Jesus is quoted as, well, he's being asked or told, wow, you did all these amazing things. And how do you do all these so-called miracles? And Because really everything's a miracle, but things that we're not used to, we get impressed by. And he said, no, I didn't do it. You know, I didn't do anything. And uh, it's the spirit or God that's doing it through me. In the Bible, they call it the Father. It's written in a time of everything is patriarchal. The women were considered much less valuable. But really, it's spirit. And he was saying, spirit's doing this through me. And he said, and by the way, you can do all the same stuff that I do or more. And I think you should do that. And it was an invitation. Because when you take the blocks away, it's the same being that does things through you regardless of what you believe or the words you use to describe spirit or God or the source of everything. It's, it's really only one being involved in this whole thing. And the importance of ego is just part of the dream. It's not real. There's nothing to hold on to there. It's not worth going with that. Uh, it's really only one being involved in the whole dream. But what we do in the dream, even though it's a dream, it really matters. And you can see that now because due to the actions and inactions of a lot of us in this dream, it's become a nightmare and it's threatening to become much more serious. Because the experience and the effect on all the other characters is real as long as you're in the dream. And, and we can cause them harm or help them by what we decide to do and say and think and even especially what we feel. So, you know, on, on the level of the world and other news shows talking about what's going on in current events, really impressive leaders like David Icke and Chris Guy, I think, is an amazing one in Canada, really incredibly courageous and 
self-assured and brave and i mean uh, it'd be great to have him on the show sometime but he's got bigger fish to fry i think he's on on big channels and alex is having him on frequently fortunately and david ike also um but anyway these these people like david ike and chris guy and a lot of others are saying um to keep the agenda of the rulers from coming true the answer that they're suggesting is organized mass non-compliance, which I think is a great idea. I mean, it's been suggested for a long time. In the 60s, you know, quite a few decades ago when I was a university student, we had a war going on. They had this war that in a country called Vietnam. Horrible. I mean, they were using exploding uh, napalm weapons on torturing and killing kids all over the place like that happens in almost every war it was was really bad and we found out with other college kids that we were talking to and research that we were doing that it wasn't to save America and save the world for freedom and justice like we were being told it was for money and power and an evil agenda to spread a satanic agenda into the Southeast Asia area and beyond so many of us figured out in the 60s that it was a criminal organization and a, a cr criminal operation, I should say, orchestrated by really evil people to cause massive suffering and chaos as part of a bigger plan. And I didn't realize at the time the depth of the operation, where it came from, or the much bigger agenda that it was part of. And during that time, when more people were realizing you know how ridiculous it was to have this war going on to justify an illegal invasion as some kind of de defense or national security priority you know they changed the war department to a defense department in the u.s to make it sound like it was to defend the country it wasn't like that at all so there there was this bumper sticker that that was on cars and it became popular and it said uh, what if they had a war and nobody came you know, maybe some of you older people remember that. It was an incredible bumper sticker. And that's about mass noncompliance. That's what Chris Guy and David Icke and others are talking about. And about the same time, there was another bumper sticker, and it said, question authority. And that's about the blind belief that people are having that's allowing this to happen, where you believe the health authorities. You know, a lot of those are sincere. They believe what they're saying. But they're saying a lot of total nonsense. And why are they, they're smart people, and why are they believing total nonsense? Mainly because they memorized it in school, and real science doesn't involve that. Real science is based on everything, on something different than another bumper sticker said after question authority. The new one said, question everything. So, in other words, mass compliance and consciousness, exactly the same issues that we're talking about for today. And it's the consciousness that determines whether you fall for blind trust of authority or how much noncompliance will happen. And there are levels of, of mass noncompliance, and it all comes down to level of uh, consciousness. There's a level of it that you see in the videos that come out of Canada and these huge protests that are happening in Italy and France and England and uh, 
like the ones that David Icke spoke at in London, that's one level of, uh, and it's called joining a march or having a peaceful protest. It's, it's not, I'm not talking about rioting like the BLM or Antifa or other really evil communist groups are talking about last summer. All the tearing down of cities and beating up and killing innocent people, making believe it's for justice, that's not a legitimate protest. But higher levels of noncompliance are in everyday life, like not going along with immoral requirements in your job or just as a citizen. For example, there have been a lot of uh, videos that we posted lately on lostartsradio.com about school board meetings that citizens went to. And they're waking up to the fact that they've been completely corrupted. And there are communists in the schools. There are uh, really mentally ill criminals that have been abusing children. And this is where it came from, the whole trans agenda saying that you're the wrong gender. This is talking to five-year-olds and earlier and saying, well, if you're a boy, your parents said you're a boy, but you're really a girl. And you'll you'll get free and happy if you just have your body. Well, they don't say what it really is. They just say, you know, take this wonderful medicine and you'll be free. And they have this insanity that some evil white male doctor assigned you a gender when you were born. You know, this is like you find yourself watching this kind of insanity and it's like being the little kid in the emperor's new clothes say, where the emperor in the fable was walking in the parade and he thought he had these amazing magical robes on, royal robes that only the really spiritual people could see, only the really smart people, only the really awake people. So the emperor was saying, well, of course I see the clothes I have on. You think I'm not a really spiritual person. And he was going through the parade naked. And all the people in the audience on lining the street <clears throat> to watch the parade were say, thinking the same thing. Well, I don't really see the emperor's clothes, but if I admit it, all these other people who see them will know that I'm not as advanced or conscious or spiritual as they are. So everybody was saying, wow, what amazing robes and royal colors the emperor is wearing, and he was naked. And this one three-year-old said, the emperor is naked. He has no clothes on. You know, and this is about anybody can say something that's wise. It doesn't matter what political party you're in, what gender you are, what age you are, what social class you're in, how old you are. The three-year-old said, told the truth. And in this um, theory that some evil doctor assigns you a gender when you're born and it's indoctrination, that's you know, the the three-year-old in the um, emperor's new clothes would say, that's insane. They didn't, you know, when you look at a baby, you can actually tell what gender they are by looking. Their biology tells you. Even if you did horrible things to them, which the trans movement espouses, um, you can't change the DNA they're still a boy or they're still a girl. So this is being taught, this insanity in, in elementary school all over America and other places too. And they're also teaching racism. They call it, they want to make it sound scientific and legitimate. So they call it critical race theory. It's a bunch of total nonsense and it's malicious nonsense. And it teaches little kids 
that if they are light-skinned, then they're called white. I mean, I never, I told you I never met a white person before or a black person. I mean, I'm, it's okay if there are some like Frosty the Snowman or, you know, a person that looks like the color of charcoal. They'd be just as good as anybody else. They're just humans. But I haven't met them. And, and what the schools in these districts are teaching is that if you have light skin, you're evil. I mean, there's nothing you can do to become not evil. You can apologize. You can try to make up for it. You can give away all your money. You can not have a good position in life, all this stuff, but you're evil. And if you have dark skin, you're a victim. And you're good, but you're not very competent. You can't figure out, like according to what they're pushing with the voting regulations and stuff, you can't figure out how to use the internet. You can't figure out how to look at your driver's license. So voter ID is racist against you. I mean, just playing this total nonsense to get the people to fight with each other over what color costume they have. And that's about one of the stupidest things you, you could possibly fall for. If you're a so-called white person that is against black people, you know, as Martin Luther King was explaining, you don't criticize people or condemn people by the color of their skin. And I would say by the color and appearance of their costume. You look in their eyes, and you look at their actions, you look at their words, and what Martin Luther King called the content of their character. If you're a person who has dark skin, and you're believing that all white people should be hated and punished, and that they're evil, you're just as racist as the white racist people were in the South in the earlier decades in the 1900s. Anyway, the, the teachers are... Um, teaching this kind of nonsense and and the parents are starting to become aware of it and they were filming showing videos of a teacher for example that was caught in Natomas Unified School District which is around Sacramento and showing that he had communist and and Antifa flags in the classroom Antifa is a really nasty organization of mostly white people and some crazy black people, too, who are trying to fight for communism and, and fascism. And they're using that to beat up innocent people and burn down businesses and a lot of nonsense stuff. Um, some teachers want to teach not only gender fluidity, which is total unnatural craziness, and, and also that both genders are identical. That both genders are not identical in any life form, any mammal on the planet. They're both equally valuable. They're both based in God or spirit. Neither one is to be, you know, put lower than the other one at all. Women and men and humans are, are both spectacular beings of spirit, but they're not identical. And uh, the teachers are trying to get rid of that differentiation, some of them. And teaching that one gender or the other is bad, um, all kinds of insanity and they're not looking at what the chemical poisons and the brainwashing do to make somebody totally out of touch with who they are. Um, a lot of teachers are in schools promoting communism or socialism or fascism. That's what this teacher in the Natomas district was uh, being fired for. Uh, but it's just, just as harmful to the kids. It's not just about gender craziness or about communism or fascism. It's, it's also physical danger to the kids. I said 
that schools and hospitals are probably the most dangerous place. Hospitals and doctor, crazy doctors and crazy teachers are the most dangerous to kids. If you have little kids, then it's your responsibility to protect them, not send them away to be brainwashed and physically harmed. So, you know, it's it's well known and document so many of this these things. They're still real scientists around who have documented that wireless technologies, Wi-Fi, and holding uh, radiation devices like cell phones right against your head next to your brain, these are not really good ideas. And they've actually shown that all life forms are harmed by all the wireless technology, and it should should not be in classrooms. They were actually trying to enact protections against that in Russia and a few other places. But in the U.S. and most of the world, it's like if the agency okayed it as officially safe and effective, like other technologies, then it must be okay. And um, that's not true at all. So there are good groups in the U.S. and elsewhere trying to get Wi-Fi out of classrooms completely which it has no place in classrooms. In fact, screen time should be decreased to the minimum and let kids get back in touch with nature and all that. Um, there are kids pr- promoting, not kids, but uh, teachers promoting drug medicine, poisoned water and food, uh, masks, which don't stop viral transmission at all, and the COVID vaccines, which are killing lots of people and they're trying to open it up to have them allowed to be used on child children now. And that's simply child abuse. And if you know about that, we're talking about waking up from the dream and doing what you need to to not go along with the agenda. If you're in this dream that's called realized life and you're a teacher and you know that the masks and the vaccines are child abuse, which is coming out now, and you and if you go along with it, then you're responsible for the damage it does. So you don't just say like the Nazis did after World War II, I was following orders. And this goes for other professions too, like doctors and nurses and health professionals. You know, don't blindly follow a system that uses poisoning or maiming and calling it medicine. And don't call it, it doesn't matter if they call it, you know, God's direct blessing. If it's poison, it's still poison. So if you're in the healthcare profession and you start to become aware that injecting poison into people does not prevent the disease. And it, in fact, it, a lot of those people get the disease it's supposed to prevent. You need to learn real healthcare information, the one that's violently suppressed in the U.S. and most of the world. You have to live what you teach. Lifestyle correction is the core of real medicine. You have to be an example. Don't hide the truth about criminal fake medicine. And don't hide the real cures and natural protocols that work. We have to finish up here, and I've got a lot more that I probably won't get to, but the main thing is whatever job you're in, you know, Chris Guy and others like that, and watch his videos. They're super impressive and inspiring. And he's saying mass noncompliance like David Icke is. So if you're in law enforcement and you're asked to do things for your paycheck, like the Australian police are doing every day and is coming to England and starting is in Canada now and it's trying to come into the U.S. You can't go along with that and be an honest person. 
I know it's it's a hard situation because you're being you're being told to either enforce tyranny or lose your job. So we have to create a better parallel society that's going to have a new economy, and we need to be working on that 20 years ago. But we'll have to do it now instead of later. Give people alternatives so they don't just become destitute. Same thing if you're in a city, county, or state government. Uh, if you're in federal government and you're going along with criminal laws that are not in in harmony with natural laws and natural rights, remember that in governments, it's yeah, there is a the rule of law, but all of the tyrants in history have tried to make what they do legal, and and they're doing that all over the world now. Australia is a great example. They're making it illegal to talk about. Uh, criticizing the lockdowns or or you can pay a fine or go to jail. So if you're in a government agency, a health agency or anything else and you have degrees and credentials and things saying that you're right to abuse people, don't go along with it. This is the other aspect of mass noncompliance. It's not just going to a rally or a protest and then going back and... Uh, doing immoral things in your work all week. That doesn't work. You can't do that. Same thing if you're in law enforcement. Um, Oath Keepers has been demonized as a terrorist group. It's not. It never was. It's saying, you took an oath. That means you should obey your oath. Uphold your oath. Obey your oath. The oath was to defend the Constitution and basically the natural rights that are behind the Constitution. Same thing if you're in the military or if you're a lawyer. You know, lawyers are trained to defend whoever pays them. But if you're a lawyer, you can't defend something that's going to result in horrible damage. That's not ethical. And if you're a judge, it's the same thing. All these judges that blocked good things that, that Trump tried to do and the other things that individuals tried to do and they say they have no standing or some nonsense excuse, you're responsible for your breach of ethics. Uh, certainly the same thing in the mainstream media. You are responsible for the deceptions that you promote. And if you're in banking and finance and securities, if you're even at the top levels of those industries that are getting into the satanic levels, all of this is really degrees of mass noncompliance. You have to defect if you're part of that system. It all depends on consciousness. So you have to break free of it by stages in yourself first. And then as you get free by stages, when you encourage other people, it carries more weight and it affects people more than if you don't do it yourself. So how do you break the programming? I mean, people are looking for antidotes for all the damage done by the COVID shots that are probably killed based on the VAERS data and the fact that 1% or less is ever reported to VAERS uh, about the damage from the shots. There's probably over a million people in America that have been killed by these shots so far because there's 13,000-something uh, acknowledged by VAERS at the moment. You multiply that by 100, you get 1.3 million, if I'm doing the math right. So this is a really serious situation. And the only way that I know that you can start uh, 
breaking free of your own programming, which is what you have to do. You don't start by trying to make other people change. You have to change yourself. We have to become living examples of what we're talking about, or it carries no weight. And I'm not saying that you have to have made no mistakes in your life. We've all made really idiotic mistakes. Speaking for myself, that's really true. I've never met anybody who has escaped that, but you're supposed to learn from it and not repeat it and then get realize that you're not your costume. You're using it to move around and function in the world. And the same with mind. You're using the mind to interface with the information in the world and mind is conscious and body is conscious. This is a big subject. So you have to relearn how to heal those relationships and you can do that with your mind and your body and get the mind to work with you so it stops projecting the programs and it learns to stop um, projecting all kinds of problems in those programs. The power of the rulers and the system to fool and control you gets weaker as you work with the mind. And your influence to help others break free increases as you do that. It's a real level of organized non-compliance. means non-compliance with the programming of your own mind. And it's the most powerful non-compliance that there is. And it's the one that the rulers are most afraid of because it could even rescue them so they wouldn't have to be destroyed or anything. Um, it's the level that we most need to non-comply while you're doing the physical non-compliance as it fits into your life. It's the hidden PowerPoint where everything could shift from the fastest, shift the fastest if you're up to it, if you're willing to start right away. And the way you can start is just start by being conscious of the thoughts and emotions your mind is projecting. Realize everybody around you, even the worst people, are just like we are acting under the programming of their own minds, coming down from a much higher level. Even the bad rulers, if they were really conscious of what they're doing, they wouldn't do it. And if we want to influence them, we have to start on ourselves and remove all our blocks. It's like Michael Jackson's song, Man in the Mirror, or Woman in the Mirror, same thing. You have immense power if you're willing to get rid of the blocks in yourself, too, and do it first. And even if you don't say anything after that, you have an immense effect on everybody else. So I totally agree with the organized non-compliance thing. Don't, if you're in any kind of position of authority or even in a regular job, once you realize you're responsible for everything you do, it doesn't matter if you're ordered if you're ordered to break with normal ethics, you know, abort living babies, kill them after they're born like some governors are saying we should do, um, invade an innocent country and just kill the people there for some agenda that has nothing to do with defense of a country, um, create new GMOs or poisonous foods that people can eat. These are not ethical things to do. Teaching in a school uh, to teach kids to be insane. Um, fluoridating the water system that goes to everybody who's drinking it. Doing toxic agriculture when you could learn to do it organically. These are your responsibility and they come from blocks in the mind that say this is fine, that I have no responsibility. 
make a conscious organized discussion with mind and say, look, mind, I know you have been believing all this is just following orders and it's okay to do, but it's not true. It has effects on other people. It has effects on my own body and mind. And we need to change it now. So the organized noncompliance starts with the mind programs that you're carrying around that are false and not honoring other people as uh, beings that are just as valuable as we are. Loving everybody is the end of noncompliance, is the end of compliance with craziness. And I agree with Chris and uh, David that we need to start this now. So I'm not saying destroy your life to, you know, give up a job and make your family starve to death, but start figuring out a way to create an alternative where you can hold things together and not work for evil. Since most of the good career opportunities are in evil right now, whether it's in uh, working for some evil corporation or becoming a contract tracer, tracer, which no one should cooperate with, anything like that, injecting kids with poison. If you're a, a pharmacy worker or a doctor and you're administering shots and you find out that they're poisoned and you keep doing it, it's your responsibility. So noncompliance starts right there. And I'm recommending that we do it. And in the process of that courage and honesty, it opens up incredible power that we're not supposed to know that we have. We do have it. And if we're willing to let the real power flow through us and heal the world, it's not just a song. It's real. And you can work on it as soon as you're ready to start. Don't do anything hypocritical. When you see it, change it. If somebody corrects you, say thank you, not defending your point of view at all costs. Just do it in your own sphere right away. And uh, you have immense power. One person can make a massive change in the world. And it doesn't mean you have to get the email of addresses of a million people and convince them to change. It means the secret is you change and everybody around you is effective affected and i'm trying to do the same thing while you do it we can do it together and we need to support and help each other as much as we can so that's about it we're over time and there's more to that story but that's the beginning and it's saying the dream does not have to stay in a nightmare and it's changeable and you don't if you're in a movie and it's a horrible movie and it's a kind of horror movie that you don't want to see and the heroes and heroines are getting destroyed and all these bad things are happening if you run up to the screen and you try to push the characters around it really doesn't work very well you probably get hauled out of the theater for trying to disrupt the movie but if you go back to where the projector is and you change what's being projected the movie's immediately changed without having to fight with any of the characters and I'm saying that's how it works and the projector is inside your consciousness. And it seems impossible, but it's really there in every single one of us and we're not using that power. So you don't have to say you believe it. I don't believe in just taking on beliefs for nothing. But learn about it, experiment with it, find out what projections you're carrying and where to change them, where they're coming from. And that's the biggest fear of our rulers. If you do that, 
even they could defect and change. So look into it. It's just a suggestion. The, heart, the nightmare does not have to keep going. The physical non-compliance is still really important. But the power of that comes from another level. It's all in your hands. So that's about it. i got to stop talking. And um, check out where we're still on the air at lostartsradio.com. Whenever you get a chance, right now would be good. Um, support us to stay on the air. We're not using commercials. So the donate button at lostartsradio.com is really good and helps us a lot. We can keep our work going and the projects that we've got on hold because there's no funds yet. Um, subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio is another good way to do it. And uh, we appreciate that. But if you're struggling for money, do not spend it on us. This is just if you have resources that are discretionary and you like what we're doing. If you don't have the money, you can still help us by spreading the links. Help us get around the censorship, which is getting tighter and tighter. And uh, ultimate bottom line, though, is if you want to help us and help yourself and help the kids and help everybody in the world, take care of yourself. Shake yourself out of the hypnosis and um, get as much of your physical health back as you can instead of the poisonous medicine that we're taught to do, you know, learn about the real version. It still works. It's still available. Especially now, it's really important. Uh, take care of yourself and then take care of your own consciousness. Start to let that wake up by recognizing the programs and letting them go. Work with mind and it'll cooperate. I think that's about it. So, Please take care of yourself. You're the most important person, and that helps everybody when you take better care of yourself. Change your lifestyle if you're doing things that hurt yourself. Don't do self-abuse, and then you can love others a lot more effectively, and uh, everybody can encourage each other to become back to normal again. The nightmare will just fade into nothing like it never was. It's all in our hands. It's in your hands. Don't wait. The time is so valuable. We don't know how much we've got in this chapter. So do it now. That's the best suggestion that I have, and I'm, I'm taking the same suggestion myself. So have a good rest of the night. Planetary Healing Club takes it off from there to deeper levels in uh, 23 minutes. I'll meet those of you there who are interested, planetaryhealingclub.com. And for the rest of you, I hope you have a great night rest of the weekend um take care and change the movie we can do it together and i'll see you next time thank you introducing lost arts radio on subscribestar.com just go to subscribestar.com slash lost arts radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just five bucks a month we offer incredible value for any rewards level from extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our Subscribestar levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today 
to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows, except the banned ones, are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit Brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum, as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.